You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Sunday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of Whole9Sports.com where you can find all of my written work. I'm just going to get into this part real quick. <laughs> just a quick reminder to follow Lockdown Gators wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, Check my pin tweet and let people know why Gators fan base is the best. I mean, just watch Florida Bama if you want to know that one. This week's going to be a little bit different than usual. Clearly, I'm here on a Sunday. Uh, today, we've got a full game review. Tomorrow's going to be my full interview with former Gators basketball player Patrick Young. It was fantastic. I loved it. It was awesome. We just recorded it Tuesday. Back to our regularly scheduled programming. So we're going to get six episodes this week. Like I said, today we're going to the full game review. So that's good, bad, ugly. Take a look at what I told you on Friday I'd be expecting from this game. Whether we saw it or not, who knows. Today, I'm I'm just thankful. It was a beautiful game. It was it was fun. I can't wait. And I, I'm, I'm optimistic after the game. Like, I'm excited. There's only one place to get all the info you need on the SEC five days a week, and that's Locked On SEC with Chris Gordy of Sports 790. Follow the Locked On SEC podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Now, we're going to get into the full game review. Um, I'm just going to lead off with this part because I don't have a ton of reactions about it, but f- about this part. <laughs> uh, Florida remained in the rankings in the AP top 25 at number 11, which is solid because again, like we um, coaches poll, get out of my face with it, but the AP top 25, we remained at number 11, which is solid, especially considering that we lost a game and the AP usually kills people for that, but losing a game to the number one team in the country by just two points when we were two touchdown underdogs, huge, beautiful. Thank you. But going into the review offense, horrendous start that was it, it was a it was a terrible terrible start but i i mean at this point i'm i'm cool with it like it it, it happened it sucked that start killed us ultimately but again like the rest the way that this team played for the final three quarters beautiful with me so optimistic so happy and so proud of this team so i'm not gonna kill them for it right now <laughs> uh no anthony richardson sighting and we know that against South Florida, he tweaked his hamstring, and we didn't know this going into the game, but during the game, we saw uh, Anthony Richardson will not play unless there's an injury to Emory Jones. Uh, There was no injury to Emory Jones, so Anthony Richardson did not play. A lot of fans were very upset about that. I saw people being like, oh, enter the transfer portal. Um, No, that'd be dumb. He's balling out in this offense, and that he, we don't know if he'll do that in any other offense. But we know he balls out when he plays in this offense, so that'd be stupid. Um, our run game, as legit as it's maybe ever been, like genuinely, even the Tebow days when we just had—I realize that sounds weird because it's like we had Tebow, we had Percy Harvin, we had Chris Rainey, Jeff Dem, so many good running backs. But I think this run game might be better than I've ever seen, at least, even including those guys. And part of the reason for that is those guys were. Freak athletes. I almost said a word that I am not supposed to say. Those guys are freak athletes, phenomenal athletes. 
and they were supposed to be that great. This, not, not so much. Like We still have very good players, but these aren't, it's not chock full of five-star recruits that are out here killing it. It's a good O-line that we were not expecting to see an O-line this good, but it's a good, uh, like a damn good O-line. And they just punched Bama in the mouth repeatedly. Before that game, Alabama allowed 0.6 rushing touchdowns per game dating back to 2007. We had four rushing touchdowns yesterday and averaged 5.7 yards per carry. Alabama, before that game, was allowing two yards per carry. Again, weak competition, but I don't care. Like that, That's still hard to do, and we demolish them on the ground, and that's something you don't do to Bama unless you've got a very good football team. And, baby, we've got a very good football team. The passing attack got off to a piss-poor start, but... I love how we adapted, specifically getting Kimori Gamble and Keon Zipper involved in the passing game. That is huge for us. And it's another instant where we have very good tight ends. We are going to be tight end you. And that's just proving our case even further. We went against Bama's defense. And our tight ends had a field day against them when our receivers couldn't because their corners are so damn good. But our tight ends picked it up. Emory Jones. Love you, brother. Picked it up, especially after that first interception. Everybody was, fans were booing, which I'll get to because you're disgusting. But, you know, Emery bounced back. He made tremendous reads for the rest of the game. And that was something we've really seen him struggle with. So it was good to see him get back and get back in that groove and connect consistently with his pass catchers. Defensively, the defense allowed touchdowns on the first three drives. That was horrible for us if we're just being honest again they were put in some tough situations there were some terrible calls from the referees that then advanced uh, Bama's offense but the Gators absolutely stellar defensively after those first three drives in that first quarter absolutely stellar after that like that was well, chef's kiss it was beautiful they killed it for the huge majority of the game and I I hold no ill will against them penalties absurd not in the sense of the Gators committing the penalties, but in the sense of the referees calling the penalties, they were terrible. There were three pass interference calls that were just not pass interference. And it was, it was rough. And I'm not usually one to go blaming refs. I, I usually am like, well, don't play like that. But the refs were terrible, atrocious, and they should be ashamed of themselves, genuinely. Um, defense didn't force a Bryce Young interception like I predicted that we would, but still one hell of a day for the defense and for the secondary. They played great. Bama oddly targeted Kyrie Elam a decent amount, and that was that's very weird because that's not what you're supposed to do when a team has a star corner. You usually go away from them, but Bama did not do that. They went, they targeted Kyrie Elam a, a good deal. Um, I haven't seen the PFF numbers from that yet, but I cannot wait to see the actual target number, like the targeted numbers, the completion percentage, all that stuff. I cannot wait to see those numbers. Um, Jason Marshall and Avery Helm split corner two snaps literally perfectly evenly, 50-50 snaps. Uh, so that was good to see because, I mean, I know that I kind of thought Jason Marshall would run away with it, but Avery Helm held his own. Um, no sign of Elijah Blades at all. He didn't play a single snap. Uh, we don't know if he's injured. We haven't heard anything at the time of recording this. If he's injured or what happened or if he's in a doghouse of some sort, we have no real idea. But, I mean, the defense played stellar without him. 
Uh, not saying that it's because he wasn't there, but the defense played stellar without him. I will say that early on in the game, uh, Trey Dean kind of was killing me. Um, he made a few bad plays, specifically early in the game, but he cleaned it up. Everybody cleaned it up, and it was fine, but but Trey Dean made, made a few bad plays uh, that, you know, were a bit upsetting for me. But this team overall, proud of what they did. So excited for what they did. And now... We're going to get into the good, bad, ugly, but first, college football fanatics. Have you heard about Prize Picks? Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. Prize Picks offers every sport you can think of NFL, college football, NBA, college basketball, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. Prize Picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world. It's hard to even find college football props if you don't know that. They offer the star players of the Power Five and mid-major schools you may never have heard of, which you know, Toledo helmet right behind me, Toledo tattoo on the arm. That's important to me. And Prize Picks, you can allow sports entries. You can take the over on LeBron's steals and the under on Mahomes' interceptions. You can do that. That's crazy. You don't get to do that in most places. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com or go to your app store and download the app today. Prizepix is daily fantasy made easy. Now we're looking at the good, bad, and ugly. The good, run game consistency. Like I said, we punched Bama in the mouth repeatedly. It was amazing. It was beautiful. I loved seeing it. I loved watching it. I was in heaven. If we're going to be honest, like I said, like I said, I think we're going to run the ball a lot. We did that, and we did it successfully, consistently. So I love that. Emery's usage in the run game was fantastic. This is the offense that we should have been, or not that we should have been seeing, but that we expected to see with Emery getting involved in the run game a lot. And it was just fantastic. I love the play call. I love the scheme, the design, the execution. It was our run game throughout was fantastic. A's all around, guys. Love y'all. Defense after the first quarter, another good thing. Uh, Javon Dexter and Brandon Cox Jr. each had a sack. Those were the only two sacks that we had. Dexter had an, an incredible game. Like he cooked throughout. The team had seven tackles for a loss against Alabama, which you don't do against Alabama, but we did it against Alabama. Seven pass deflections, six quarterback hurries, which you don't do against Alabama. But we did it against Alabama. It was beautiful. I loved our defense. I, I loved the game after that first quarter. Bad? No Anthony Richardson, which, um, granted, I, I love how Emory played after that interception. The way he bounced back, the way he took command of this offense was fantastic. I loved it. Um, but, I, I mean, at certain points, we could say, had we had AR, we could have had a few bigger plays. Um but again, I'm not even saying it's – it would have been in the ugly if I was that mad about it. But it's in the bad just because, you know, we we didn't put the ball in our hands of one of the most explosive playmakers in all of college football. Um, so that sucked. And also, like, I get he tweaked his hamstring last week. Dude was doing backflips before the game. You can't tell me he was too unhealthy to put step in the game for a few snaps or a few plays. You can't – no, I'm not going to buy that. Um, looking at the bad more uh, – Point after touchdowns, um, and I don't just mean the kick. I don't mean the missed kick. Uh, how do I how do I say this without being um, without being too rude about it? That two point conversion call, like the play call itself, was the second worst thing I have ever seen in my life. The worst thing I've ever seen was the execution 
of that two point conversion. That was just, th those were honestly like mind boggling and head scratching moments where I was like, what the hell are they doing? It was, it was crazy for me. Uh, next was actually, I'm going to include it in the ugly. I'm going to include that next one in the ugly looking at the ugly referees. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't, I didn't even see your faces most of the time. Cause when you called, I was, when you threw the flag, I was just like, Oh my gosh. So I didn't even see your calls most of the time, but I didn't see your face most of the time. I heard the calls though. And guess what? No, you, the ugly were the calls and you guys on the inside. I don't know what to tell you. Those, those were just terrible calls. It was one of the worst officiated games I've ever seen. Some of those play, uh, pass interferences were legitimately atrocious and just like, what? What are you even looking at? That's what I need to know. Because a Bama receiver didn't catch the ball. It was a pass interference. You out of your mind. Looking at more ugly, Emory Jones in the first quarter. Um, like I said, I, I loved how he rebounded after that interception, but that first quarter was pretty bad. He missed a few open guys. He threw the interception, which I get is not 100% on him because he got hit. Uh, the ball sailed over the receiver and – it's still ugly in the sense of he shouldn't have thrown that ball. Like I, I get wanting to make a play on third and long, but at that point, dude, like you're getting killed. Just live to fight another day, live to punt. Cause if they don't score after that interception, which they did, but if they don't score after that interception, this game's very different. We're talking about this game very, very differently because Bama went up 21, three in the first quarter and scored a touchdown for the remainder of the game. So if they don't score off that terrible interception, that's a different game that we see. And like that was, by the way, the fight from these Gators, incredible. Going down 21-3 was so debilitating. I was like, I am so ready to just stop watching. And they were phenomenal after that. So I have nothing but respect for these guys. Uh, the final ugly that I'm going to talk about, Gators fans in tough times because flipping off the coaching staff and flipping off the team was just like, you're an idiot. If you did that, if you were in the crowd doing that. Um, also, I, I want to say this without offending anybody that was at the game, but at the same time, if you're in the group of people that I'm talking about, um, I don't care if I offend you booing Emery Jones after his interception, uh, Gators fans booed Felipe Franks. And I know that I'm not, I'm not comparing Emery to Felipe. I am saying you booed your starting quarterback. Both guys, their issues, they've been struggling with confidence. There are guys that just suck. Like, that's just a thing. And that's different. I feel like it's different to boo a guy just because he sucks or because he's struggling with confidence. Felipe Franks, Emery Jones, both guys that, look, you, you could not like them. They don't suck. Felipe Franks is on NFL roster right now. Emory Jones is leading the Gators to one of the best offenses, offensive teams that we've seen. Uh, granted, the passing attack has been lackadaisical, but we're getting there. Uh, but booing Emory Jones, booing Felipe Franks, guys are struggling with confidence. Do you think 90,000 people booing them is going to help fix their confidence? That's what they need? Almost 100,000 people telling them they suck? You think that's helpful? No, you're out of your mind. And if you're in the crowd booing a kid who's struggling with confidence and you think that's going to help him or you think that's going to be effective, you're dumber than I'm even explaining right now. 
and you should probably look at yourself in the mirror. And I hope people get mad about that because if you get mad about that, then you just prove that you're not someone I want to be rocking with. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, that's sorry. Uh, Lockdown Gators is now on YouTube, and you'll see that I'm a sweater, but I'm not today. Forehead's actually looking kind of sweaty, but everything else, we're cool. Uh, I, I, I sweat a lot, but I've been using sweat block consistently because, well, I didn't use it for a bit to show you guys that I sweat a lot, but now I use it consistently because I don't want to sweat grossly. Like I, I sweat profusely and it's nasty and it's still humid out here, but uh, it's getting better. Thankfully fall is here. I use sweat block antiperspirant wipes. Sweat block is stronger and more effective than most clinical antiperspirants. You simply apply it at bedtime, wake up, and then you shower clean and you're good to go guaranteed baby and i know it sounds way too good to be true to say something's guaranteed but i only have to use it once or twice a week use promo code locked on to get 20 percent off at sweatblock.com or get it on amazon where last week it was a number one seller or cvs and i don't know about you guys but football season's here and now i'm constantly reminded of how much better physique these guys are in and i'm constantly snacking during games like that's something that i just always do while i watch the game it's a nervous tick but it's something i do so in order to prevent myself from getting in worse physique um i'm committing to eating built bar as my snack instead of other sugar-filled snacks or other chips built bar is the best protein bar on the market if you're trying to eat clean but you've got a sweet tooth like i most certainly do that's no longer a problem Built Bar is your low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber solution. You can even enjoy it if you're keto. Remember to use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order. That is LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off of your next order at BuiltBar.com. Now, on Friday, I mentioned what I'd be looking out for. Here we are. What will our offense really look like? This is going to be a little bit quicker, of course, because it's just a rundown from Friday's segment. Uh, what will our offense look like? This is the first game where we knew the offensive playbook was going to be opened up. Mwah. Beautiful. I loved it. I love the play calling. Um, I love the adjustments that the coaching staff made. Like I mentioned, getting Kimori uh, Gamble and Keon Zipper involved in the pass game. That was huge. Getting Emery Jones more involved in the run game. That was huge. And I don't just mean RPOs. I mean more QB draws and blasts. Things like that were beautiful. Um, what would our run pass split be? It was 61% run, 39% pass. And that's kind of what we would expect maybe even more run is what we were expecting but it was working it was fantastic and honestly i think we did want to run the ball more but there were some instances where we we, we kind of had to throw the ball um i wanted to know if we would get creative with who carries the ball um because we haven't seen a wide receiver carry yet and we still didn't see a wide receiver carry and again we broke out a lot against alabama that doesn't mean we broke out everything because if we can get by without needing it um we might want to break out some more against georgia lsu bama the second time if we get to see them in the sec championship which please let us see bama a second time because we're winning that one without a doubt uh another thing i wanted to see was do we bring star, uh safeties down to the star spot over trevez johnson um specifically i was looking forward to one black and donovan mcmillan i i didn't see them when i was watching it live i'm re-watching the game probably twice this evening once tomorrow um so I, we'll see at that point but when watching live i didn't really see it i did see Travis johnson out there made a few plays he got targeted a few times uh it was it was what it was you know um 
And, I, I mean, granted, Bama's run game didn't kill us. The reason I wanted to see Dewan Black and Donovan McMillan play star were to stop the run game, but the run game wasn't having a ton of success. So maybe if Bama's rushing offense was better, maybe we're, maybe we're talking about a different situation here, but that wasn't the issue. Bama wanted to throw the ball against Florida. They did throw the ball against Florida, and that's totally cool. You know, we, we didn't have to bring out – uh, we didn't have to take out Trevez Johnson to put in a different safety at star. So that that's fine by me. Uh, another thing I wanted to see was, do we see Julio Billingsley come out of the doghouse for Bama? And yeah, we saw Julio Billingsley come out of the doghouse for Bama. Uh, like I said, uber athletic tight end that doubles as a kick returner. He's been in Saban's doghouse since before the season began. And I was like, hey, maybe this is the time we see him. And he gets let loose. He didn't really get let loose, I'll say, but Billingsley had one catch, and it was a 26-yard touchdown. So, yeah, he finally saw his first game time of the season, and, of course, he scored in his one catch, and I believe that was his only target on the day as well. That about does it for today's episode of Locked On Gators. Join me tomorrow as I'll be joined by Patrick Young for a fantastic interview. Once again, my name is Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. You can find all of my written work with Whole Nine Sports. That is W-H-O-L-E-N-I-N-E Sports. Be sure to check out Lockdown Bama, hosted by Jimmy Stein and Luke Robinson, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. And I'll give credit where credit is due. And that's all I'll say about them. <laughs> Betting on the Gators doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Lockdown Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Lockdown Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you listen to podcasts.